What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, episode 19. This is Writing Excuses, writing culture. Oh, 15 minutes long because um, I'd like to start Howard again. Howard is not that smart. Because we've been doing this for three days. You think we'd be better at it, not worse. But there you go. I'm Howard. I'm Mary. <laughs> Brandon. And I think I'm Dan. I think we... Okay. So, writing culture. We're going to stop uh, phoning this one in right now. Okay. Um, Con right. culture and writing culture. Writing culture. This is actually an important topic to talk about because every individual area you'll be in will have several different writing cultures. It'll have its like own meta sort of writing thing going on where certain... Um, traditions will be part of writing, certain ways of writing well, like if there's a dominant writing club or, or writing group at your college, they will all kind of focus on the same sort of things. If you enter a writing group, someone coming to our writing group, we have all these sort of insider sort of things we do, um, customs and whatnot, and those can be helpful. They can be very harmful. At the very least, you should understand them, particularly if you're the type that um, a lot of our listeners are, have said, I want to start going to cons. I want to start being part of writing groups or writing clubs and getting involved in the culture. We probably should mention some of these things to you so that you can be prepared for them. One of the things, I'll start with writing groups. One of mm -hmm. the, the dangers with writing groups is that you can start writing your stories to cater to the group's individual pet peeves. Yes, exactly. And um, any greater writing group or club I've been part of, actually these sort of things seep into them. 
Um, in college, I've, I went to the writing club a few times. Um, I've gotten more as a speaker after the fact, but hearing them talk, they all have like their insider jargon that is a part of what uh, is going on with them. In fact, writing excuses has created its own writing mm -hmm. culture. When you go to the, the, the forums there and talk and things, there are certain things that people are talking about that they take it to be expected that are things we harp on on the podcast, which may or may not actually be as important as they are to us. Um, right. We just make them sound that way because we talk about them every week. So, so here is a, a nod at the fact that the four yeah. of us have uh, a set of cultural blinders that yes. we're aware exist, well, but we probably couldn't enumerate all of them. But we do flag this every episode. Yeah. We're not that smart. Right. Yes. But uh, so. here's a perfect example of this. Coming into a writing group with me, we talk about magic systems a lot. Mm -hmm. We just do. We like magic systems. I like magic systems. And I'm kind of the magic system guy. And so when you're part of it, we will nitpick your magic system. Some books, and we'll even say this in the writing group, and then go on and nitpick. Um, some books do not need a magic system l like the type that I design or that we yeah, kind of talk I, I, about. Like in the I really group. honestly worry, like yeah. if, if Nora K. Jemison had been in our writing group and gave us 100,000 right. kingdoms, we probably would have tried to push her towards a magic yes. system, which yeah. that book does not have or exactly. need. Exactly. Um, and that's the sort of thing we're talking about here is understanding, even when authorities can be wrong. And part of this, one thing I want to warn you about is you will go into writing groups and there will be people who have learned the lesson of um, acting it, acting it, how do we, how do we say it, um, um, fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. That sort of role that will sound very much like experts. And you will sound like, man, I've got to listen to this person. I sound like an idiot compared to them. But they are simply enforcing upon you all of their biases. Yeah, and what, what you need to remember, especially moving from one writing culture to another, is A, they're not automatically right because they sound smart. Yes. And B, they're not automatically wrong just because they're different. They might yes. be wrong, but it, it's for some other reason. Right. I am reminded of a tweet that I got where somebody said, so I just listened to this episode. Uh, it was a writing excuse listener. Just listened to this episode. Uh, how am I supposed to proceed because I disagree with you guys? Uh. And I, yeah, I remember thinking, um, this can't possibly be the first time that someone who gives <laughs> advice has given you advice with which you have disagreed. Yeah. Um, you proceed in the knowledge that for some reason these established professionals, self-proclaimed experts, who nod at being not that smart and yet keep putting out podcasts, <laughs> for some reason we believe this. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is say, hey, you know what? For some reason they believe that seems to be working for them. I disagree. I'm going to try and do something different. Or, and this, is, this has worked for me, sometimes I will go ahead and try the thing that I disagree with mm. to see why. That yeah. way lies madness and humility. <laughs> well, and sometimes, sometimes I try it and I'm like, oh, hey, that works really well. And sometimes I try it and I'm like, Nope, I was right. I was right about disagreeing with that. <laughs> but now I understand exactly why I disagree with mm -hmm. it, and there are still pieces of it I can use. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't automatically mean that the person who told you is wrong, no. just that it's advice that didn't work for you. Exactly. I want to talk, uh, shift this more towards the cultural aspects, because these are things okay. we've talked about a lot. There's another one I can highlight for this. I went to, um, I got an advanced degree, master's degree in creative writing. The culture in my degree was very different than the science fiction culture I've been part of. Mm -hmm. um, in the science fiction culture I've been part of, we talked about plotting and exciting stories and things like this. And in my degree, a lot of the conversation was about experimenting 
and um, and you know if you do an outline then you're not letting yourself be free enough to experiment and there is this culture of you know if you there is the I, I want to say this nicely but the culture of if you make money at it then you are selling out mm -hmm. and this is a cultural thing that is ingrained into some writing programs in fact many of them um, many of them it's not that the music same way, program but, that I was in was the same way mm -hmm. I studied composition and expected to learn uh, the principles of composition used yes. by the composers of the past. No, 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 no. That's the music history and the form and analysis class. Yes. Composition was all about, hey, let's play with only using three notes. Uh, yes. Let's play with only using one note and rhythms. Let's play with a completely atonal system. And none of those interested me at first. Right. Uh, elements of that grew into the music that I wrote, but obviously not enough for any of you to have heard it because I decided to be a cartoonist instead. Well, and the thing about the, the writing cultures is um, there are some great things about them. Mm -hmm. And to point at science fiction culture, um, a lot of times you'll go into uh, a culture of ours and they will dismiss anything literary yes, immediately on the opposite side. These things both happen. And it's just a matter of biases and understanding them. The only time I really felt it gets pernicious, and this never happened in my writing, writing program, but um, other writers I've talked to and articles I've read, is when they say, well, we're all going to write some of that genre crap to make money to support our real writing. And that can actually become a culture. And I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody. I'm trying to highlight. These are different types of cultures mm -hmm. that if you go into these things, you will start to see them. And they will creep into what you're doing. They will influence you to one extent or another. And so be aware of them and understand that writers, we create our cultures in, in very interesting mm -hmm. ways. Yeah, and in fact, genre in and of itself mm -hmm. is a culture. Whether, it is. whether you're in mystery or anything else, there's, there's a conversation, a dialogue that is happening between the readers and the writers. Mm -hmm. And that can reinforce a lot of the, the cultural expectations for, for the fiction itself and for how you behave when interacting with fans. There are things that people expect that are very different for romance versus yes. science fiction. Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. All right, um, let's go ahead and do our book of the week. This week is going to be given to us by Mary. So it's White Sands Red Menace by Ellen Clages. And uh, a while ago I recommended The Green Glass Sea. Um, these are both YA, and they are uh, more literary in feel mm -hmm. than, um, than science fiction. Uh, the first one is uh, leading up to the, the dropping of the bomb. This one um, is uh, leading up to the moon landing. Okay. And it's really, it's, Ellen does a wonderful job with atmosphere and characterization and also making plots go 
where you don't expect them to go, usually through her use of language. I think she's a wonderful writer, and, and this book should be something that uh, is, is thought-provoking. Head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, start a 30-day free trial membership, and download for your freebie White Sands Red Sea. Did I get the title right? Uh, White Sands Red Menace. Red, right? White Sands Red Menace. I'm so sorry. Um, and, uh, and any other title you pick up that month is uh, 30% off. Okay. So let's talk about some of these cultural things that we find, particularly in science fiction and fantasy, because that is the focus of our podcast. Yeah. I, uh, here's, here's a piece of con culture that I ran into a few months ago. I was at a convention with my friend Stacy Whitman, who's a YA editor. And I won't say which con it was. It wasn't mm-hmm. one of the local Utah ones. Uh, she was on a panel about YA, specifically, mm. let's recommend books that teens should be reading. But this convention was kind of one of the old school golden age conventions where it was all about Asimov and, and Bradbury and, and these things. And every time she recommended something modern from this new wave of YA that, that's really big right now, they would shout her down and say, no, 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 we only want to talk about the old stuff. And that was kind of emblematic of the entire convention, which was really sort of stuck in the past in terms of what it read and what it appreciated. And that's something that you can actually see a lot. Well, and that particular, that particular experience was, uh, it, it was unpleasant for Stacy, and uh, it was a real loss for the people who were there listening. You know, there was the opportunity for information to be conveyed, and the members of the culture did not have the, the requisite humility to, you know, to understand that there were, there were some new ideas here that they, they needed to pay attention to. Um, another cultural element that, uh, that we see is uh, the, the military side. The, there, there are two sides of the military sci-fi coin. Okay. There yep. is a strong movement in science fiction towards uh, military sci-fi in which uh, the weapons and the combat and the ships are explored in, in Tom Clancy-esque sorts of detail, mm-hmm. in military fiction sorts of detail. Uh, and then there are folks who look at this and say, no, no, that's wrong. We shouldn't be glorifying that. Uh, war is horrible. Military is bad. And I'm over-polarizing uh, the two. Um, but you can definitely see both points of view. And mm-hmm. it makes some of the military sci-fi panels you see at conventions mm. uncomfortable. Absolutely. Can I, I actually want to turn the, con- the sure. direction of the conversation a little bit to, to things that I think might be uh, useful to our, our listeners, who are most of them are aspiring writers, and I think yeah. the focus of this question is how do I behave at conventions? Right, there is and, that. You know, oh. that th- that's mm-hmm. a that's an important question. Like, you know, how to handle the author editor relationship, and right. how to handle the you know new author pro con- pro well, relationship. I, I think I should mention something here that um, if you're going to start going to the science fiction conventions, mm-hmm. so we're talking about the um, Worldcon, the World Fantasies, things like this. One of the things to remember is these are considered participatory participatory cons. You are not going as an observer. You're going as a participant. Mm-hmm. And when an editor and agent are there, they're going there to participate too. Um, and they're there in a professional capacity. When I go to a con like this, I'm there to talk about writing. And so it's all right to approach people mm-hmm. and, st- and do, start these discussions. And you're kind of expected to. You're expected to participate. You're expected to raise your hand. You're not there only to observe. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, there are some things that you may want to keep your eyes on. Right. Uh, for instance, at, when you go up as a new author um, and you meet you know, the, the person to whom you have hero worship as a, right. an author, um, 
I find that the best way to, to approach them is using the fake it until you make it approach. Um, present yourself as another professional. There mm -hmm. are, and this, is, this gets into cult the culture again, there are certain defenses that authors have to protect themselves from fans. Um, and, and these are not, uh, you know, this is one of those really awkward things to talk about because, of mm -hmm. course, everybody likes their fans, but the, the ratio of fan to author and yes. time is such that you, you need to kind of keep a slight distance. And so if you go up to a author that you admire and present yourself first and foremost as a fan, they will respond to you in that manner. Yep. If you go up and engage with them as another author, even if it's an author that has not yet published, they will engage with you on an entirely different level. And that is the level that you want. You want to, to be a colleague because eventually, of course, you will publish. Right, right. And that's a, that's a very good piece of advice. Um, keep one, in mind, oh, go ahead. One thing that I'd uh, encourage you to strive for is uh, look for the commonalities. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Regardless of the culture, uh, if you are at a convention that is about writing, science fiction convention, fantasy convention, whatever, it is because you love to write. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I remember the, uh, the first LDS story makers I attended. Okay, I'm Mormon, so I've got a cultural touchstone with all of these people, but mostly I go to science fiction conventions, and at LDS story makers with uh, uh, Dan here for the first time, I looked around at this room full of uh, Mormon women and thought, this is not my tribe. <laughs> These are not my people. And then I got the opportunity to start talking to them about writing, and some of them recognized our voices from writing excuses, and I realized, oh, wait a minute. You, you, you're not my tribe, but you listen to what we have to say, and we began engaging because plot and character and outlining versus discovery, uh, these are things that most writers have to do. And as we, as we found that common ground, I was suddenly very comfortable with a group of people that uh, uh, was very, very different from, yeah. from who I was used to talking to. And, and this is one of the things, uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like small talk. Small talk is a very useful purpose. It exists mm -hmm. for a reason. It is the, the conversation that you have while you are trying to calibrate your conversations to find the commonalities. You know, it's the, boy, the weather, you know, the elevators in this hotel are so slow. Mm -hmm. And then you can have a conversation about that, which can then lead you to comparing to other conversations. And, oh, we've both been to New Mexico? You know, it, it's, it's a useful thing. Don't shy away from, don't be afraid to open with, how was your flight in? Yeah, but for that to work, you have to find another person who's actually been to New Mexico, which... Well, I mean... And <laughs> lived through it. I'm going to a con there this fall. They're going to remind me I said this. Um, all right. So, um, let's Another trick is oh. when they step on the elevator, you really quick push all of the buttons so the there conversation <laughs> has to take a long time. Oh, yeah. Let's give a few warnings. Don't give your manuscript to anybody. Yep. Um, you can bring it if they ask for it. Okay. But really, but they won't. So don't bring your manuscript. Uh, don't dismiss people, um, even no matter how important or unimportant they are. If you're there to meet editors and agents, you can do with meeting a bunch of aspiring authors because those people will be helpful to you. Mm -hmm. um, nothing's more annoying to me than, you know, running into someone, they find out I wasn't an editor back in the day, and then poof, they were gone. Or I mean, yeah. just as annoying when they... Mm -hmm meet you and they're like, oh, hello. And then they realize who you are and it's like, oh, oh yes. I've yeah. had that Though Those a lot can too. sometimes be really fun. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> great, great experience to end with. One, one of my personal writing heroes, like most writers in this industry is Neil Gaiman. 
-hmm. and I was at uh, BEA last month, and uh, he was right there at the same Harper party. We have the same publicist, and I kept trying to, I wanted to go up and introduce myself, and finally got up the courage and went over and talked to him. We chatted for a little bit, and I said, I'd been standing over there at the wall trying to think of a good reason to come over and talk to you, and he said, well, coming over to say hi is a pretty good reason. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? That's like the best advice I can give on how to approach somebody. Just walk up and say hello. My buddy Jim, yourself. my buddy Jim was at a party with uh, Neil back in 2003, uh, and was astounded at the fact that he accidentally got seated next, next to the Neil Gaiman. And uh, Neil turned to him and said, "Hi, I'm Neil. I write. What do you do?" And Jim realized, "Oh my goodness, that's how I should be introducing myself." Hi, I'm Jim. I write. I draw pictures. What do you do? You know, what's your name? Tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was very frank and very open and very fun. And you can learn a lot from Neil Gaiman. All right. Writing prompt. Neil Gaiman teaches you something. What did you learn from him? <laughs> Neil Gaiman as the mentor character. That's right. right. In your, in your hero's, hero's journey. journey. <laughs> Only please don't kill him off in order yes. to take him out of the action because we want yeah. him to write more books. Yes. This has been writing excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.